Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody, another episode of One Man's Opinion, yes indeed, the podcast that's sweeping the nation, already up to episode 54, folks, and today, told you last week we had a banger in store for you this week, and indeed we do. Uh, I am Jeff Mans, by the way, in case you stumbled upon this year podcast, you can find my work over at fantasyguru.com, elitefantasy.com, elitesportsbetting.com, at Jeff underscore Mans on the old Twitter machine, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok, and uh, helping me today, the we, this is a long time coming for me and my guests today because we've been wanting to do shows together for years. Finally, get him under wraps. It's my man, the fantasy executive himself, Corey Parson in the building. What's up, Corey? Yo, yo, Jeff, what's going on, my man? Definitely glad to be uh, having this conversation and, and hopping on one man's opinion. Like you said, we've been doing this for a while, known each other for a while. It's been a long time coming. We tried to get this done before, <laughs> but um, the powers that be, you know what I'm saying? Wanted. They didn't yeah. They didn't let that happen. And then obviously, you know, the summer of 2020 is a summer that nobody will ever uh, forget. So, yeah. um, you know. So now it's not the summer of 2020 no more, but now we're starting to see some of the things that I figured was going to happen, and that's nothing. <laughs> right. Start figuring out. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're tackling the issue today, one of many issues that Corey and I will talk about. It's, it's, we're going to talk about race and racism in sports. I mean, that's what we're going to get into and why, you know, how to expand our mind, why things are certain ways and, and why they aren't other ways. And, uh, you know, talk about our personal experiences. Like Corey said, we've known each other a long time. Corey, to quote the great Corey, Parson. I'm responsible for Jeff Mans. Yes. I'm responsible. Which I <laughs> Where did that, that was, uh, what was that? Was that, I mean, that's, I know that's our serious XM days, but was yeah. that like, uh, where, where was that quote from? I always forget. So I, I don't know. We were coming up on, was it, was it, was it preseason? Was it draft season? Oh. It must've been draft season. Uh-huh. Um, no, the, 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 I'm responsible for Jeff Mans. I think maybe, after the big Antonio Brown hubbub, I think he oh. came back and won the league. It may have beat me in a championship. And I think that's when I was like, I'm responsible for Jeff Manns. You know what I'm saying? Jeff Manns wouldn't beat Jeff Manns without me. Um, because y'all, I remember, because after we had that championship, because, you know, yeah. the, the, the Antonio Brown year, um, mm-hmm. when we had the big, the, when we when we let Sirius XM Fantasy on fire. Right. Year. We met in the championship of one of those right. leagues. I remember that one, host league. Uh-huh. Never, all week, man. You were so I'm a night owl, as everybody knows on this show, and I'm up to three, four in the morning every night. And then Corey be producing that morning show, Rotor Expert, and fucking calling me and calling me out at like six, seven a.m. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I, my phone going bananas. I'm like, oh shit, what does he? And then I have to catch up, listen back. What's he talking about? Oh, uh, that that was or uh, that was a whole week of that, in- no, that was that was great radio. It was so funny about that, right? I must remember I was on my way back from uh, Delaware because he back in back in these days before, you know, before they legalized sports betting. Mm. Delaware used to have the parlay cards and the teaser cards. Yeah. Me and my brother-in-law had went out there joint one Sunday from week 15 or week 16 or something like that to lay it down a little bit, try to get some money for Christmas time, whatever. Yeah. And um, what ended up happening was we was listening to Sirius XM Fantasy on the, and I'm talking about you and Howard Bender 
was tearing into me. I mean, uh. I mean, this was tearing into me. Every y'all came back from the break. Y'all gave me the business. What was so funny about it this year in the Kings Classic, I uh. beat Howard Bender in the final. Did you really? <laughs> so, wait, were you in? Were you in the league I was in? I may have beat I, you, then beat Bender. You son of a bitch! I think you did it did go down actually. like that. I think it did. Yeah. I, I, well, I, all I know is I had the best team in the regular season, and as always fucking happens, I end up uh, just getting whitewashed in the, yeah. the playoffs. I think that is what happened because I was in Bender's league if I'm not mistaken. So that means, yeah, I think you did beat me. As a matter of fact, so, so. yeah, I think I, I think I beat. I went back to back over you and Bender, right? Now the yeah. thing about the Kings Classic, right? So that's that's a cool league. I like the fact that you go out to Ohio and you go to the Canton. Obviously, we couldn't go to sure. Canton last year because of the pandemic. But you know, the the first year I did the Canton joint, right? And I went out there live. Yo, Jeff, I couldn't get back because right. the Canton airport is so small. Yeah. <laughs> they just was canceling flight after flight after flight. So it's, just, it's so it's so it's like a Sunday morning, right? Yo, they was like, yo, come back on Thursday. I was like, what? <laughs> like I gotta live in Canton, Ohio now. <laughs> You're, you're not going to terrible course written an apartment in Canton. Like, know, this right? is how I live. This is what I am now. Smoking, smoking brown weed in Canton, Ohio. <laughs> That's right. That's right, man. I love it. that is a great league. Um, they do a great job with it. But yeah, I'm looking at it now. And I did. Yeah, you, you beat me. So there you go. So revenge all these years later, you, you uh, finally back mm-hmm. your revenge on that one. Uh, so we it's a funny story. I always tell people the first producer I ever had was Corey Parson before you got big time. That was before they moved you to mornings on Sirius XM. I, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, the fir- very first show, I had Javon and Drew producing me on the regular, but you were actually the first producer I had. So you were you did like that first show um, of what, what we were doing the Fancy Alarm show back then. It was a weekend afternoon. Yep type of thing or whatever and uh, you got me all set up so yeah we've been we've been around the block you and i quite a bit yeah uh, no and that was that's like a real good place to start right there yeah, man. because you know when it when when did, when, when did you start like what, 20, what time of year was that it was right after the new year so uh 2011 like january 2011 so yeah so this is when um you know you kind of had my first taste of disappointment in the industry uh-huh. Because I was, it was almost, I don't want to say guaranteed, but I should have been the full time employee at Series X and Fantasy at that point. You know right what I'm away. saying? Right. Were you were there at the start? Were you, you were, I was there at the start. I was there from the jump, from the beginning. Yeah, you know what I'm June saying? Of 2010, right? Yep. I was there in June of 2010. My daughter was born in July of 2010. Nice. So she was like the first baby of yeah. Sirius X and Fantasy. Now she's grown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she don't yeah. even talk to an old man no more. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> I got two, two daughters. Yeah. They don't, they don't have nothing to do with it. Yeah. It's, it's over. After 10 years old, 11 yeah. years old, it's like, whatever. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Get out of, get my way, old Friends. man. Yep, exactly. Yep, mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so after I didn't get that full time job, right? Yeah. And it, it, I, here's I, the thing: the the this is what I was told, and this is mm. this is critical to this conversation. Mm. I was told at the time it wasn't a good fit. Oh. Years later, I told somebody, a human resource person, that yeah, and they was like, if you tell an employee nowadays, particularly a black employee, that you mm. don't hire, that they're not a good fit, yeah. they will send EEO up in your shop. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Opportunity employment. Or, I was told that yeah. three times at a, you know throughout the course of my career. But what ended up happening is after I didn't get the job, Jeff, I used to I just had to get any money I can. You know what I'm sure. saying? Yeah. I used to come to work. I never forget the shift. Oh, I would man. I would come to work. I skipped. I showed to the studio 
at like five o'clock on Friday evening. Yeah. And I would be in the studio until like six, seven o'clock on Sunday evening. So mm. I was just sleeping on the floor. I was doing yeah. shows. Dude. I would do like the night show with Hanson. Then I would yeah. go to the college studio. Then I would take a nap. Then I would get up for fantasy pros, you know what I'm saying, in the morning yeah. and banging it out with Tony Sincata and, and Paul Greco. Nine one one, yes. Yeah, fantasy pros. And then I'll come back, you know, in the afternoon, do some college work, you know what I'm saying? Then come back to the fantasy studio, then do a late show on college, then go to sleep again, then wake up for fantasy pros nine one one. So it was definitely, you know what I'm saying, a, a grind and a hustle and, and you know, in those yeah. beginning days. But that's when y'all came in. Then we met for the first time at Tout Wars, and that was crazy. <laughs> in person, yeah, I know. We, we've had a lot of fun times in person when we've hung out. It usually becomes a good time. And that that that's it right there. I mean, to me, right? And for you know, we'll talk about, like, my background um, and where I grew up. You know, I grew up on, on the south side of Chicago, eventually moved out, you know, to the Burbs and all this stuff. But in where the way I grew up was always a hustle. Everything was a hustle. Mm-hmm. You always had to grind. You know, they call it grind now. We call it a hustle back then. And you, you just always worked. And the people in this industry that I've sort of aligned myself with or tried to at least have always been the ones that hustle, that, that work, that outwork everybody else. And you're one of them. You, I saw, knew it from right away. Like I said, you did our afternoon show. You were sleeping in the fucking studios. You, you were going round the clock, producing whatever you can, getting anything. And it wasn't even about on air for you at that point. You, yeah. you were just doing it, just going, you, however, whatever it took to, to make a living, whatever it took to build your brand, to build up, you were doing. And I tell you, that kind of work ethic is just, it's not heard of in this industry anymore. People don't want to work that hard. They actually make fun of you. You know, I get criticized and people will love to, you know, shit on me on Twitter. Oh, look at this guy writing big articles. Look at this guy working all these hours. I'm fuck, fuck you guys, man. I, I, I just always have a special spot and always bond with those that are putting in the work, you know, just grinding, hustling and, and, uh, and building, you know, every single day. And, and I noticed that right from the jump with you. And I think that's one of the reasons you and I got along. I've always gotten along so damn well, uh, was because of that, you know, people that grind it out. I, I, do you feel like there's just so much, I feel like there's a lot of entitlement. I think people come in to this industry. Now they start a podcast and like, okay, where, where's my million dollars? Yeah. Like, just like, where is it? I have done three episodes of podcast. Where am I? Like, give me all the money. I, and they don't understand that it, it takes. You haven't done anything yet. You haven't accomplished anything. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. listening for you. Yo, it's crazy, Jeff, because like, I'll be like, I'll get an email or I'll go through my DM or something. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I got people asking me to come on their show. Yeah. And I'm like, son, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I, which I should tell everybody, I'm t- this has been a year in the making for this yeah. show, right? I mean, I, I, I don't you're Jeff Mans. Now, let me stop. You know what I'm saying? But gee, I'm like, well, y'all got to crawl. You know what I'm saying? You, yeah. you need people. You got to crawl before you walk. Listen, you start that podcast, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you start putting information out there, maybe a blog site, whatever. But yeah, you're just not gonna walk up into 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 Rotowire and and take Chris List joint. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Two three years into it, that's you got to put in. You got to put in big time for that. You got yeah. to really invest a lot in this. And let me tell you something: when you're investing in this, you're going to have days where you be like, "Yo, son, I'm not making no money doing this." Right. Absolutely. And you know, you talk about you you know writing the big long article and stuff like that. You know how many Monday mornings oh. I woke up, Jeff, and I'd be like, go right to, I got to go to Jeff Twitter so I can find what happened yesterday. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Find out what the hell you didn't see. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It. So no, that, that, that work, that grind, that, that yeah. effort, 
um, you do see less of that nowadays, but you know, you there are a couple of gems out there. Oh yeah, there, there are, and that's it makes it special. But the thing is, like people don't want they don't want to get along, they don't want to network, they don't want to talk to other people, they want don't want to give anybody credit. You know what I mean? There's like everybody who's made it in the business. You know, they come in, they're like, ah, fuck those people. I'm better than those people. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. well, listen, I always say it, Corey. I, I'm not crazy talented. I, I'm really not. I'm not that smart. I'm not that talented. I just fucking work. I'll, I'll work every last one of you. And that's what I do, grinding it out. And if you're more talented, great, but put in the work, put in the effort, get, get to it, make your contact, move your way up. But there's no other way around it. You don't just walk in and get an opportunity. And then, yeah, like you said, you're not making any money in this business until the only way to make money is to make it for yourself. That's the yeah, only way. Nobody's uh, going to give you money in this industry. No, uh, 100%. That's the way you got to go after it. You, got, you definitely got to make it for yourself. And and just and you better have something on the side. You know what I'm saying? And, pe- and oh, then yeah. a lot of these executives in this industry will will, will tell you, hey, listen, we're not, we're not going to. Because what happens is they say that the market is saturated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'll be like, yeah, so is your job, too. <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? Like, yeah, they yeah. don't want to hear it. So, you know what I mean? Because a lot of people don't have no experience in some of the things that they do. But now nah, you definitely got to grind it out. You got to hustle because it's so much competition out there. And you got to find your niche. And you got I mean, you got to hammer that thing home. Like, let me tell you something, Jeff. I remember it would be... And man, it's, it'd be nights I'd be lit. I'm talking about uh-huh. bent over. Uh-huh. And I'd be like, yo, I'm just going to go to the studio and go to sleep because I got to be there for that morning show. And when that radio come on, son, and me, Scott, yeah. now, and they turn that microphone on, it was like, okay, let's Hold go. On, and, I, and, yo, it would be days I would just, like, collapse after the show. You know what sure. I'm saying? Like, because yeah. that's how much energy that we used to put into making those programs. To me, that's broadcasting. I mean, that that I don't understand the other way i don't get like how people i'm the same way when i do my show even i I have two hours a day even after this podcast probably like i'm exhausted i'm physically spent like for real and i see others are like oh yeah i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna go work out after my show and i'm like how can work out fuck man i'm sweaty after i get done with it i need a shower i need to go in the hot tub because uh you know i I, i'm spent there's a lot that goes into if you're doing it right if you just roll on and just kind of peruse the internet while you're talking that that ain't that ain't really it no that's not it you definitely got to come in these situations prepared and listen there's and there's also a level of of spontaneity to it too you know what i'm saying you do want to know where you're going in my mind has always worked best when it's when it's kind of on the moment. But mm-hmm. I tell you, when I was doing when I you know before before we wrapped up at FNTSY, yeah. and you know we were really doing some hard radio at FNTSY with Craig Carton and Gabe Morrissey and, and stuff like that. I love Gabe. And I'm about, we would get to oh, yeah, Gabe's the man. He's doing so five hours of radio a day. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So you go from that show and you go into the fantasy football frenzy. It yo Jeff, by the time you got to Friday, mm-hmm. by Friday afternoon, two awesome. three o'clock Friday afternoon. I wouldn't speak. I would yeah. not talk audibly yeah. again out loud until like Sunday sometime. No doubt. Your voice is your instrument. I mean, I, I, when I yelled to kids or something, the people like a couple weeks ago, I had a big yelling match with my daughter, right? I come on yeah. for a week. My voice is gone. Everyone's like, Oh man's out party. I'm like, no, I wish. Party, yeah. <laughs> I wish I was partying. No, I was yelling at the kids. Cause you know, she's yelling. Why can't she can't see her boyfriend or something like I yeah. no, it's and I do COVID, one, yeah. one yelling match and boom, I'm fucking gone. My voice is completely out. So I, I, I'm with you. You've done it all. I mean, you've, you've been at series, you've been at FNTSY, you've been all, you know, you've done podcasts and live from you work for us for a time being yep. at elite and all that stuff. You and I did the draft shows, matter of fact, but so 
our topic today, I want to talk race. Mm-hmm. I want to talk race. I don't even say racism because we're, we're just going to have an open conversation about race and get our perspectives and all that. My top first question, though, about it all. Why is this a topic that nobody seems to want to talk about? Like, it's it's just we ignore it. It's out in the public. ESPN talks about it all the time now, nowadays. Um, other places will talk about it, you know, all the cable news, all that bullshit. But, like, why no? none of our group? Like our, not fantasy, not sports, but nobody wants to even broach the topic. Why do you, why do you feel that is, Corey? I think because I think it's it's is that they're afraid of the conversations. You know what I'm saying? They're afraid to have the talk. They're afraid of the conversations because they're afraid of the differences. And I think a lot of times they don't want to feel a certain way about themselves. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, these are like touchy type things. You know, you know, it's like old oh, race, religion, politics. You don't want to really yeah, get yeah. into that stuff too much. Because, you know, especially in the, in the broadcast industry, and I've been especially in sports, like, oh, it drives people away, it turns people off. Well, really what it does is it makes people think, you know what I'm saying? And we want the audience to be as dumbed down as possible. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I think some of those things are, those are some of the main reasons why what you saw with the summer of 2020 was, you know, you, more people were willing to have, people felt bad last summer. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? That's like I, like I, was, I had conversations with some dudes in the industry, Jeff, Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, I, I never thought that you would even have this in you. You know right. what I'm saying? So it was it was real interesting. But I think for the most part, people are, 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 are afraid of the differences that may come out in the conversation. They don't want to offend nobody. But that's why I, when it's perfect for guys like me and you is because you, you I'm, I'm not you can't really offend me. You know what I'm saying? I can't yeah. offend you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, We're yeah. Friends. We yeah. can have these conversations. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and not and exactly. I wonder why with the offensive, like th- there's always a limit, right? And I, I've had some experiences. I, I mentioned like I grew up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where I grew up was a very integrated part of the city. And you know, I lived in apartment buildings when I was real young. And there was everybody in those apartment buildings. You know, I talk about like Kirby Puckett would come to our neighborhood and hand out $100 bills. And we'd all just line up like it was like, that was the that's dope. Yeah, oh, dude, that's, that's yeah, one of my big stories from uh back in the burbank bridgeport days and and all that and yeah and it it seems to like we just you know we just lived it it was about the hustle it was about you know trying to get out everyone was always trying to get out of the neighborhood we're always trying to move on up always and you know so that was the we're all together in that and that's the environment i grew up it wasn't really i didn't look at it like oh you know the puerto rican family down the hall the black family across the the hall or whatever we didn't even like it wasn't in our vernacular. That was just like, you know, the we were all just trying to for the same thing, get the fuck out. <laughs> that's what yeah, and, and that and that's doing. what it is. It's like and for me it was, you know, similar, you know, coming up, you know, in Harlem and stuff like that. You know, so you had, you know, Dominicans and obviously Harlem is, you know, the the, the basically yeah. the birthplace of the culture. That's you true. know what I'm saying? But then, you know, I went to high school in in the Bronx in an in Italian neighborhood, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was interesting is one of the things that we all came together around was the love and unity for the school. You know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. And we were, everybody in the school was a humongous, was a big time sports fan. Now, St. Raymond's, the high school that I went to in the Bronx, was, you know, known for their basketball program. So obviously sports was real big then because, you know, one of the very first travel basketball teams with all these elite players and stuff like that. Yeah. I was in high school around the same time that Felipe Lopez was in high school. Matter of fact, class 94, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, those were so amazing, amazing times. But it was never no, like, color thing or race thing. 
because we were like a unit. We were together. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. you know, we was like I was going to school in neighborhoods of the Bronx where black, black dudes would get beat up on a Saturday or Sunday night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when we was in that school, it was none of that stuff. And it's fascinating. When did you. So what was what was the the racism like back in that? I mean, it's a weird question, I suppose. But like when did you you didn't feel it even like in, in through high school? You're so saying, like, in your it was like, like this. Is it when you got out of the neighborhood? So it would be like, especially growing up, you know what I'm saying, in the city and like riding and train back and forth and stuff like that. Uh-huh. What ended up happening, like you would go into like a shop after school uh-huh. or, some, yeah, or yeah. Some, some shit like that, right? Yeah. And you see the, I don't know what to say. Hurry up and buy. Now, nah, let me stop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> but you get what I mean. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You see people were like, they be watching you, looking at you in the store and stuff like that. And that's like the first kind of little things about it that, you know, that would come up. Like you would make, we would make jokes and stuff like that in school. But definitely being followed around the store was like the initial introduction to it. And then after that, it would be like these little petty run-ins on the subway with the police, you know what I mean? But Uh nothing like, you know, nothing crazy. It's just, you know, it was like when I was coming up, when we was coming home, like from high school and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. we would get on the train, whatever. So when you were in a Catholic school, it's like, if if it was 10 of us, we thought we was deep. Public school dudes get on the train, it'd be 40 of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and you'd be like, "Oh boy," <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Jan, Jan Sport book bags come off. You know what I'm saying? The hats with the rhinestones. You gotta hide it. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So, man. so those kind of interactions on the train back in those days, you know, they would have a heavy police presence, and you know, and you know, so you might get asked a couple questions or something like that. So, I guess that was kind of like the second part of it. But mm-hmm. being followed around the local neighborhood stores and stuff like that—that's kind of where it started. But you was like, you know, it wasn't like my father's type of racism, but it was like a new type of racism. I, I didn't experience it like it, it, when I was growing up, I was a kid until I realized after I, I was probably in my teens by the time I, I had a, a friend and I'll never forget this friend that lived uh, directly below our family in Robert Taylor homes, actually in, in Burbank when I was in kindergarten and a guy by the name of Michael Hamden. I've never, I haven't talked to him in years, but uh I used to, it was the weirdest fucking thing. And I never thought about until like it hit me at like 15 years old. I'm like, oh my God. I used to have to, we would go to Keeler Candy Store. Like we'd we'd hunt for pennies and nickels and change like on the playground. And we'd always find something, you know, mm-hmm. there's always be enough. We'd go to the candy store, Keeler's Candy Store in the South Side. And I would have to buy the candy. He would give me the money to buy the candy. Never even fucking considered it never even yeah. you know, i didn't even ever understand why eventually his family actually moved out before ours did um and i, I realized back then like oh motherfucker he wouldn't even come in the store yeah he'd stand outside because that's just i, I think it, his mom would do the same thing that's how his mom and my mom became friends they would do that to laundromat right yeah and, and it's like i i started dawn on me later i'm like holy shit like were would they not have served him or talk to him or anything else. It, it was like, I start feeling. It just could be an uncomfortable experience. You know what I'm saying? And especially yeah. when you're young and it gets for the mom, especially when you're older too, you're just trying to wash clothes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, shit, right? it's, yeah. it's like the, the, the simplest thing, you know what I'm saying? And so that's kind of where it started. And then, you know, I understand I grew up in the time of the Central Park Five. So. Oh, fuck, yeah. So here's the thing. Like, 
my father would tell me, like, listen, you ride the train home back from school by yourself. You got to do whatever you want to do. But the only thing that I require you not to do, do not go in that park. Do not go in that park when you get out of school. And you know what he said to me? What's he that? said, because what's going to happen in that park is somebody's going to commit a crime and you're going to get charged for it. And that's exactly what he would tell me. Wow. He told you that before the Central before, Park Five or like before before it happened. I was like banned happened. from going to that park. That story is just mind boggling, you know, and, and watching it. Did it you was, watch the documentary? I did, yeah. Yo, yeah. you can only you can only watch that once. Yeah. Well, I I, I yeah. What Crazy. You, you can only watch it once. You can't go back point. and watch that again because it's like shell shocked. Right. Yeah. It, it really is. I mean, it's amazing that that's the way things would go. You know, you you just can't believe that they coerce people into confess you know, certain confessions and talking about it and just just bludgeon these kids into saying they did something that they wouldn't do without them having any idea of what the repercussions were about to be. Yeah, let me tell you this. I remember this. That's like, you know, I probably like outside of the current times we live in, 9-11, and, you know, maybe a couple other things. That's one of the biggest news stories in my life. Right. So I remember that vividly, especially because at first it was called the Harlem Six. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That was the original name of them, the Harlem Six. So, you know, growing up in that neighborhood, it was a humongous story, even for a little boy. And I just remember... A lot of people out here now, Jeff, are full of shit. Yeah. The biggest person that was saying they need to put them people in jail mm-hmm. was Oprah Winfrey. Really? Yeah. She was the she... biggest one. Yeah. She was the member because remember back in those days, the talk television shows were like Oprah Winfrey, Phil, Phil, Phil Donahue. Donahue Everybody that. was saying to put them in jail, including Oprah Winfrey. And now she's up there smiling with them. I'm like, what the fuck what, is this? What just happened? <laughs> like, y'all, y'all don't remember? <laughs> isn't like, that, ain't that some shit, too? When mm-hmm. they, when people, this happens all the time. Like, it's kind of revisionist history. Like, oh, I was there with you. I was outraged. I didn't believe it. It's like, well, mm-hmm. no, man, you didn't say anything. Bullshit. Yep. You didn't say anything. You didn't do anything. You didn't speak out. You didn't use whatever platform. Every, you know, that's a thing. That's another thing. You know, it kind of goes back to why, uh, these topics aren't discussed very much. It's not that people don't, some don't want to discuss them or have these conversations. Everybody's scared, like you said. And then everybody wants to come out later on and said they were on the right side of history. But it's, you know, they're not. Like, I'm, I'm a big mm-hmm. history buff. I, I love history. I just, you know, fucking uh, all that shit. I, I'm into it. Like the presidents, I know presidential trivia and history just for whatever reason I took to it as a kid. Yeah. And it's like, you know, there were motherfuckers that, we're supporting Hitler like that. We're still alive when we were kids. Like, I mean, they supported it. Like you yeah. now, everybody, Oh my God, Hitler yeah. is terrible. Well, guys, <laughs> it. it's not that crazy. Like it, this was out there in the world and you know, you weren't exactly doing shit about it. You know, whether, you know, you know, depending on where you were in the world at these times, like you didn't really do anything about yeah, they, it. And, exactly. you and they were, and they were, they were a part of it. So like, so like that joint, you know, because obviously after the documentary came out, I watched it, and then they were like, "Oprah did like a special on it." Yeah, she did. And yeah, I'm like, "Yo, why after. you fuck? Why is you hosting this?" Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, y'all don't remember that she, lady, son. She's the they, one. They burned that tape. They just burned <laughs> that tape. Like, I don't know what about those shows. I don't know about those shows. I don't. I don't remember anything that happened. Yeah, that, that was Phil. Right. Yeah, Donahue. He's out there. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's something else, but uh, I mean, that, I mean, why is it that, and that, 
it all leads to like sports and professional sports and yep. all that. And it's like, why, you know, one of the things I've been talking about lately you know, in all my shows is the NFL. I am so fucking upset about Clint Kubiak and fucking um, what Tony Khan from Jacksonville his like all this nepotism, all these guys hiring their sons. And, you know, if you were a son of a coach back in the day, then you're, you're now, you know, you're, you're, you're the offense coordinator of Minnesota Vikings. Like, well, and then Brandon Staley gets hired by the chargers after one good season. And, and I just sitting around looking like, what the fuck is going on here? And the NFL has got a real problem in my opinion. And, it, you know, I want to think that it's not along racial guidelines, but they're not giving me a lot to go with. They, they impose the Rooney rule. Okay. Um, yeah. You have to, you have to have interviews with the uh, minority candidate. And, and then they, they just fly Marvin Lewis around the country. Exactly. <laughs> it's a rotation. They're not taken seriously. They're just fly them in, fly them out, which is almost more demeaning than anything. And then they go hire the coach, the, you know, the, the other, the one year wonder white coach that they had before. It's real fucking astounding when you start getting into it. And that's the thing, like Arthur Smith, who is now the head coach of Atlanta Falcons. Like I, two years ago, I flipped my shit. Because this guy had zero experience at all. Now he's done a great job with the Titans. I can't say he's done good. You got to give him his props on that. For he's two years good. he did, but yep. this motherfucker. I'm sorry, I apologize. He's done great, but for every Arthur Smith, there's a million Brandon Staley's and fucking yep. Mike Nolans who've been around. But like Arthur Smith was is the son of the guy who owns FedEx or runs FedEx, and it's like. That's it. He didn't have foot. He didn't know football. He just walked in. He's a yep. co- tight end coach one year, offense coordinator, and that was it. it. I'm beside myself thinking, how can these guys just walk in like nothing? And then you start looking around and fuck, like I was pissed with my Bears firing Lovey Smith back in the day. Lovey Smith went to a Super Bowl. The only good coach we've had. Must the only good coach like you've Dicka. had in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Since Dicka was there and Dicka had his run in the 80s and early 90s and he gets jettisoned. And then Lovey, all he'd ever did is win nine games. We always had a great defense. He made us to a, got us to a Super Bowl that he gets fired. And then it's like, that's totally fine. But then we we retain Matt Nagy and all these other guys who had one good season, but never got to a Super Bowl. And they get to stay for a couple extra years. And they, and as soon as they're fired, they're rehired somewhere else, the Adam Gates syndrome, you know, and Corey, I think, I mean, racism in sports. I mean, do you see it as a, you definitely yourself? like what, how does this affect you? How does it bother? Does so it bother? let's start, let's start with the NFL. Yeah. Um, so it's the, and, and, and the NFL is, is in my opinion, it's simple. It's the owners. Yeah. It's the owners. It's all on the owners in the NFL because you, you give Goodell credit. He does a lot of stuff like they have like they have coaches summits for black coaches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. They have a ton of them. Zoom calls, whatever. It's everybody is working on this issue at the in the executive branch of the NFL. Right. In New York. The yeah. owners don't give a shit about it. Right. The owners don't care. They how they want to hire like that situation in Houston. That situation in Houston is so pitiful. Like you like your son, you going to wait a minute. You're going to really do this. You're going to trade DeAndre Hopkins. How about wait a minute. Y'all don't, you, are you so stupid? Oh. You don't see that Deshaun Watson is saving Bill O'Brien ass. 
Yeah. Going to a wild card game and playing the Chiefs to 4:30 every, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Every Saturday afternoon, you know what I'm saying? To start the playoffs and losing that game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After yeah, he's saving this dude's life. I mean, this dude's job. And then you go get rid of his number one weapon. Then you get rid of him. And I'm just like that situation in Houston. It's the owners. It's the owners now. The thing about it is, Goodell work for the owners. The owners don't work for Goodell. So he can put as much stuff in place as possible and hire Jay-Z and sing Kumbaya and, you know what I'm saying, do funny handshakes with Jay-Z that he just learned, you know what I'm saying, a couple, a couple hours before. Oh, yeah. But the thing about it that's crazy is unless the owners open up the pipeline, it's not going to happen. But they say, oh, it's nobody in the pipeline. It's plenty of people in the pipeline. You're just not hiring them. Right. There's a and, lot. Of and stuff. that's the thing. And that's kind of what it goes to in, like, a lot of these industries. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, everybody can't be as lucky as Willie Taggart. I call Willie Taggart, the, like, Willie Taggart is, like, if you give award for the, the black man of the year, it's like the Willie Taggart award. You know what I'm saying? Because Willie Taggart is the only black man that can fail up. You know what I'm saying? He always <laughs> finds a way to fail up. So he is like Barack Obama. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Taggart is like, you know, like you got Dr. King, Barack Obama, and Willie Taggart picture on your wall. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because these are this is like the one black man that can fail up. You know what I'm saying? Other than that, when you come in there, bro, you got to be good. I guess Florida Atlantic is, pl- is failing up. <laughs> what they've been through lately but yeah man I, it, it's uh, it's wow this houston situation is beyond comprehension with jack easterby the guy that is a religion like he, he used religion to get in the nfl and then just network his way out what they did to rick smith a couple of years ago by the way another african-american general manager mm-hmm. you know, wife's dying of breast cancer like i'll oh, take a leave oh you come back but you're in another you're, you're do this job. Oh, you're not really coming back. There's an, there's a story in the athletic that I just about Rick Smith and what he had to go through, you know, years, you know, two years ago before the Jack Easterby or as Jack Easterby was coming up, like it's fucking insane. What, what they've been doing in Houston for years. And they've, they wouldn't even call Deandre Hopkins by his name. They called him that guy. Like Jack, yeah. Easterby wouldn't even that guy, like that guy is the best wide receiver in the game. You you absolute fuckhead! Like how you don't you're not even responding. You got to get him out of here for nothing. Why? Just because he doesn't see he sees through your bullshit. That's what it is. Uh huh. And he became like the locker room lawyer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He became like the locker room lawyer. You head coach, general manager type. They don't like that. They want to have the ultimate authority. You know what I'm saying? But they got they got old boy. They got O'Brien up out of that joint finally. But here's the thing, you. You, the Texans got this shit on their hands now, Jeff, because they wouldn't get rid of the two. They wouldn't get rid of East the East Bay or and whatever the fuck his name is, yeah. and, and and O'Brien. Yep. So now you don't. So now you lost D Hop, Watkins, oh, yeah. and JJ Watt. Yep. Yep. How hard headed and stupid can oh, you be? Beyond. Well, they. It's the thing. It's like they'll do it their way. See, they don't want anybody questioned. That see, and that it gets into the bigger picture. In my opinion, it's not just racism like we're talking racism here but it's really these kind of people the jack easterbeats of the world like they don't want anybody they don't want other opinions they don't want they don't want reality they don't want truth they just want their their version of whatever it is they're selling to ring throughout the land they want their story they want their way and the more people like them that they can have around them, the more insulated they are from losing that gig. 
And that's what happens here. And it's what happens with every fucking religious cult or whatever we're talking about is like, you get more people like me and, and I look at it and I've always looked at it. And I talked about it with Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning Super Bowl. They're like, it's the most diverse organization in sports because everybody challenges each other. There you go. You know, when you have to be challenged on a topic and that we'll get into the fantasy sports industry, because I think this is, you know, a topic for that. Like we all need to be on edge. We all, you talked, we talked at the start of the show about our hustle, our work ethic. And I guarantee you a good part of that. I'll speak for myself. I always think somebody's ready to take my gig. Like yeah. I said, one second, I let my guard down fucking, you know, fucking Pat Mayo's swooping it. You know what I mean? Like somebody's coming in here. Pat, take Pat my Mayo's gig. on his way to, on his way to million dollar status, bro. You see what I he love, I love Pat Mayo. Yeah. Oh, he is, Pat. yo, he turned oh. that shit over, man. Sure. Shout out to Pat Mayo. He's really rolling. Like yeah. I, people, somebody told me, you know, pay attention to what Pat Mayo's doing right now. I thought he was like DraftKings talking about golf with a Canadian accent. <laughs> it was like, nah, Pat Mayo's getting ready to be, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Pat Mayo's getting ready to be, oh, um, Ted Turner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's what I mean, but I feel like that. And if I just want to have all the same people around me, all telling me that everything's well and good, well, that ain't pushing me at all. What's my, why am I working hard? Why am I, you know, why am I building new, new segments and shows and, and mm-hmm. you know, taking on new topics or whatever? I'm not pushed. Once I'm comfortable, once we're all comfortable, the gig is up. It's over yep. for you because somebody else is on, on ready to come up. So that I feel like that's part of the sports landscape. And it's like that in fantasy sports where nobody wants to be pushed or threatened at all. Not, not even threatened. I don't mean like physically or like really, I just mean like, feel on edge like they're motivated i guess is the word i'm looking for of course yeah i mean it's got a lot of and in, in, in this industry in the fantasy industry you have a lot of long timers you know what i'm saying that's been yeah. around the block similar to sports of, like yeah very, very much so and it is people will talk shit to your face mm-hmm. they oh, will yeah. talk shit to your face and they'll <laughs> make you want to punch them you know what i'm saying and you're like oh you see that's why i can't hire you you know what yeah. i mean and it's like they gotta there's a lot of that in, in, in the fantasy sports industry, you just got to keep chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. It becomes very frustrating after a while, Jeff. You know what I'm saying? To see this, these these things go down. Like sometimes some of these these channels or radios or something, I'll look at their roster and I'll be like, yo, everybody here is trash. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of times they know that. And that's right. why they don't want me to get my hands on the microphone because a lot of people that's trash. Mm-hmm. They 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 paying to be trash, you know what I'm saying? Or they got the goods to be trash because they got the end. But somebody like me who's an outsider, you know what I'm saying? They was like, if this kid take if he gets on, he's going to take over. And guess what? I'm not really answering to them at that point. Right. You feel like in coming up, so you doing the producing at Sirius XM. At what point, like, were you always gunning for the industry, or did you like were you more or less doing the radio thing and then got into it that way? It was like, it was like a, the perfect convergence of it. So really the thing was to be Don Imus as crazy as that yeah. may sound, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. It was, that was the thing that was to be Don Imus to be the, you know, the, the morning show, the entertainer in the morning, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Take yeah. me back and forth to work. Mm-hmm. That was, that was the original, the whole thing. So when I got into it is like kind of around the time when I really like fantasy really took like a fever pitch. I started playing fantasy in like Oh three, you know what sure. I'm saying? Yeah. Like I hopped into a league, whatever. 
um, like I think like, like my friend, my son's mother, um, she had a work league, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, it was a two quarterback league. Her two quarterbacks that year was Peyton Manning and Steve McNair. And this is the year they, oh, they yeah. shared the MVP. Oh, she shit. also had Anquan Bolden as a rookie. Remember he, what yeah. he did as a oh, rookie I season. Converted college receiver or uh, quarterback. Yeah. And then she had um Jamal, Jamal Lewis, the year he ran for 2,000 yards. So she was like, I just drafted this team. So, I mean, not, it was an auto-pick team. But she was like, you can run it. And I ran that joint, you know what I'm saying, yeah, lost yeah. in the semifinals. And then it just, like, took over my life, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when the two happened to converge at SiriusXM, which was a weird way how I got there anyway, you know what I'm saying? I just was, like, just tired of working regular gigs and stuff like sure. that. So, like, let me try to make this dream a reality. So what ended up happening was, you know, they was, like, you know, they was going through the people, you know, that was working in the newsroom. Like, yo, who can we put on this help build out this channel? The and everybody, channel. go ahead. The fantasy channel? The fantasy channel. Okay, yeah. And everybody that worked in that DC office was like, you got to get Corey because he will be in this joint until from sun up to sun down to the sun come back up. Yeah, right. Straight up, just like that. Mm-hmm. There's like, you have to put him on this team. And, and, and you know what I'm saying? To, you know, to, 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 to their credit, they did. It was the, 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 the of course it was the roughest spot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was yeah. like, okay, congratulations, you're the coach of the Jets. You know what <laughs> yeah, I'm like, saying? Oh, shit. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> the Jets, shit. <laughs> so that's kind of where it started. And then, you know, all my conversations that I was having was around fantasy. But see, I had such a good ear for sports radio at the time. I was like, okay, I think I figured out a way to freak this joint. Yeah. Now, mind you, <clears throat> so we get on the air in June 2010, and I'm going home every night like, yo, did your water break? Did your water break? Did your right, water break? Right, you know right. what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. it was a wild, it was a wild situation. It was a wild scenario, but that's how it all started right there. And then um, we got there and we started producing those shows, and you know, from there, um, it may have been, it was it was Justin Termini at first. He was like, you know, you can say something, right? If you wanted to. I was like, yeah, I know, but whatever. I just want to focus on doing this. On the mic, yeah, during the show. Yeah, during the show, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And then I remember, I think the the first person that said something was uh, was Ray. I think I forgot who the Cowboys cornerback was. We were talking about the Cowboys. That's, you know, that's my my topic right there. Uh And I got on the microphone and went back and forth with Ray Flowers. Yeah. And he was like, that was good. <laughs> and yeah, I was yeah. like, and then so I always knew that I had it. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like I always yeah. knew that I had it, but I was just waiting for the right time to break it out. And then when I got up to New York with Angle, that's when it was like, oh shit. Right. And you, you realized, like, okay, like this is something. And then the, the fantasy industry, did you, it, you started getting into it. And that's the thing, you're a producer. Then you were doing stuff on air, and next thing I knew, like you were doing stuff for Roto Experts and all that. When crossing over from radio guy to fantasy guy, what was that conversion? I, I mean, I'm sure it's still a work in progress for you, probably. But you know, what obstacles or what what was standing in your way? Because I know it took you a while. Well, it's still it's still shit in my way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um. Man, I tell you what, it was obviously give out. I mean, listen, you know, what we did, me, Scott, and Adam, mm-hmm. well, that was very special. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, we, what we did was very special. And I thank Scott for that because Scott was like, go for it. You know what I'm saying? And we got up there and we just went for it. We just got in the dad joint 
couple minutes of six every morning and we just went for it each and every single day. And um, they gave me the freedom to go ahead and do it. And I'm telling you, Jeff, we get to this day. People be like, yo, if you Scott Adam, just do one more morning. You know what I'm saying? Just one more morning. So that's kind of how it started. Then obviously everybody's like, okay, this kid right here is not going to be, you know what I mean? Doing this, or this is not where he's best suited. He definitely has uh, visions of, of being a talent, but you know, at Sirius XM, they were not going to let me do that. Right. He just wasn't going to let me do it. Once, you know what I'm saying? Once you're in that bo- that bucket of being producer, you're you're not seen as an on-air talent, correct? And here's the thing about it is, and that that's one thing I will say this: it doesn't it doesn't make a difference what color you are. Yeah. You can be black, white, blue, purple. You know what I'm saying? The way that that joint is set up at the top right now, mm-hmm. if you're in that spot, they're not going to give it to you except for um, fancy. No, no, Fancy. I give Fancy his props because he worked for it. You know what I'm he saying? Has and he had it. a little bit of leverage. You know what I'm saying? Going sure down. Did. And I was saying, and I remember I talked to Frank. I talked to Fancy at the um, the Kings Classic, and I was like, "Yo, go for that shit." You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. But uh, what's the kid on? Bab chick, you know what I'm saying? Like Babchick, yeah. yeah, they let Babchick do it. But yeah. for the most part, you know what I'm saying? Even Nick Costos, who is like the new, the new thing now, even mm-hmm. he had to leave. You know what I'm saying? Like they wasn't gonna yeah. let him get no burn. You know what I mean? So um that's just how they are. It's uh, to me, it's a mistake. So that's how they were at that time, but that's where I was drawing the paycheck from. So I had to go with it. Yeah. And did when you broke in when you're going in the fantasy industry, because that's one of the things that I try to bring up, I used to do these things on, on serious uh, state of fantasy sports every year. Like I did them for six, seven years in a row. And every year I would try to talk about diversity. Why, why are all the new faces always Lily white faces? Why is it mm-hmm. the same? Why is it always 30 to 40 year old men doing it? Where are, why are we not getting more African-Americans? Why aren't we getting more women in this space? Why aren't we getting, you know, different voices, younger people, just anything different. Why is everything always the same looking guy? Like, why is it all, all like that? Did you notice this coming, you know, up in the industry once you sort of crossed over? Yo, let me, the first industry event that I did, it's, it's to this day, I would say it's my favorite industry event. I wish we had a chance to get together and do it this year because we'd be coming up on that time. It's Tout Wars. You know All what right. I'm saying? Yep. So I come up there. I'm in New York for Tout Wars and I go to Foley's and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. so I'm like, this is fun though. And once you start having a couple beers, you know what I'm saying? You're like, whatever. It doesn't make a difference. You know what I'm saying? I'm just here chilling and I'm glad to be a part of the group. You know what I'm saying? So initially it was that acceptance. So it was never like, you know, um, you know, it was never like looking at them as these are the people that's trying to hold me back, you know, but everybody kind of just knew, you know, but see, my thing is this, you got as crazy, as big and wide as this industry is, you still got a couple of people up at the top of this industry that pull the strings at a lot of different places. Right. You know what I'm saying? And yes. those people, a lot of those people are not good people. Right. They pretend they are. Oh, Oh yeah, you think? Oh my are. God! Yeah, yeah. You, Yo, this yeah. past summer, I saw one of them post on Twitter. I stand with Bubba Wallace. I was like, "What? Wow. Like, you gonna get struck down, my man? Lightning is going to strike you down. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I've heard stories about you. You know what I'm saying? So lightning is going to strike you down. Do not. But see, that's what pisses me off, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Is these the 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 the, the, the fake wokeism? That is a pain in the ass. 
Yeah, well, that, that's what it is. I mean, people say one thing and then do another. I, I think it's intimidating for people. Like, you know, I give you a lot of credit because you're crossing over. That That's one experience. Like, I'll never know. I'll Because when I made the move, I came from sort of tech, the tech sector. And then I said, oh, well, I'm going to start a fancy football website. Let's do this and let's try to go to these events. And when I go to these events you know, everybody's like me around my same age. They say, you know, all Lily white guys that are, are you know, whatever. And it's got to be intimidating for people coming up that want to get into the industry and they go to one of those events and be like, Oh fuck. You know why it's all the same people there. You have to, it's, you want to, th- I'm, I'm bold enough. I'll go into a room, talk to anybody. You're bold enough. You'll go in the room and talk to anybody for, for a lot of folks. It's not easy to step out and have those conversations and immerse yourself in that, that room if you will yeah. that foley's room is a good one like just to walk in as a newbie to the industry it's got to turn a lot of people off Nah, and that's a crazy room especially like you said i see a guy like me i didn't care you know what i'm saying yeah you know what i mean and obviously you know what i'm saying and then i was on the radio doing the roto experts too i remember i had to do i had to do uh cry outside of foley's one time Really? He was talking to me. He started crying. He was like, "Yo, I used to use like every morning. I get up and I and and I, and I listen to the Roto Experts. And most nights, me and my girlfriend be arguing and stuff like that. And like the only time I smile. And I'm like, "Yo, this is really crazy." Yeah. So, but that was acceptance because of that program. But at first, you know, it's not like that. You know what I mean? So you got to you got to like you people got to see that you got some kind of talent. But what you're seeing is now what I notice is what people will do is they're not even gonna go to that folder. If they go to that Foley's room, they got to come with me. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, yo, can yeah, I go with you can. or whatever? Because yeah. now what happens is, Jeff, you should, if you see probably in the last two years, every time I get on LinkedIn, every DM, every text message, every email, it's a, like it's a young, a younger black dude mm-hmm. asking me how to get into the industry. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's like I have become like the, the godfather for these yeah. kids. You know what I'm saying? And it's yeah. like. At one point, there was no, there was very little people that was trying to do it. It was very little talent pool. But now there's a talent pool. And I'm like, okay, now let's start. Now we're really going to start to see what some of these com- companies are made of. You know what I mean? Yes. We, I, I completely agree. I always look at the numbers, right? And the, the analytics, there's 85 million people playing fantasy sports. There's 75 million playing fantasy football. I mean, they're not all the lily white guys. You know no. what I mean? There's a lot of different people. Women play the sports. One of the biggest growing facets. Uh, you talked about, you know, your, your wife back in the day was playing. That's how you got in, it, it, you know, at first anyway. I mean, there's a lot of other people playing it. Now it's a And that those people are talented. They have yeah. talent, whether it's on mic, whether it's behind camera, whether it's running numbers, whether it's writing, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, there's so many different ways to make a living in this this industry but we need more of those voices we need people to not be so intimidated not to be scared to break in and if we're not seeking that out that's where it takes leaders you're a leader yeah you are a leader like it or not you are able to go in that room bust through the wall and say hey i'm Corey part fantasy executive i'm cool <laughs> and uh, you didn't think i'd do it did you i was going for it but, hey, <laughs> the good one <laughs> i'm going right in and i'm doing it and it's like man that take that takes balls it takes guts takes courage it takes confidence let's all things aside it takes confidence that's something that's not hard it's really up to me it's up to now that i you know business owners and people yeah. that are calling shots around the industry it's up to us to 
to dive in and find different talent, unique talent, you know, in different places, not the old, I know this guy, so he's good. That don't yeah. work. That doesn't see, work. That's one thing that pissed me off this summer. You know what I'm saying? Well, after the summer happened in Omaha, the summer of 2020, everybody, oh my God, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's yeah. marching, everybody got their fist up, and, yeah. and I'm looking at them like, y'all, y'all motherfuckers is fake, and y'all, I'm not right. stupid. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not buying, I'm not paying this shit no attention, no, leave me alone. Right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, we definitely had some good conversations. I, I, yo, I don't want to say his name. I remember I was talking, yo, it was a Saturday morning, and it was one dude, you know what I'm saying? He called me, now he sent me an email. Mm-hmm. Good dude, you know what I'm saying? One of my favorite yeah. people in the industry, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And he was like, yo, can I just want to get, I'm with, I, I just feel like I got to put something pen to paper and write about this and something like that. You know what I'm saying? And sure. and I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. You know what I'm saying? Get on the phone. We had a we had a good conversation. Always a good dude. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I was like, so that was the first thing that I thought about that was going to be an issue this fantasy season was, okay, we're going to stop using the term fantasy owners. And I'm like, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah going in the wrong direction. Okay. You know uh, what I'm saying? Uh, and then, so you saw that. And then I was one of these companies. Um, They had announced like four or five hires mm-hmm. and it was all the same, like little oh, white kids, you know what yep. I'm saying? And I was like, same. yo, I can't deal with this no more. You know yep. what I'm saying? So I kind of just opened up on the industry. You know what I'm saying? Because I know you not, you, listen, you not looking, you right. not looking because these kids are in my DM, like they've been trying. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. That's exactly it. It's the same thing that's happening in sports. It's happening in fantasy, and we don't have to. And that's the thing. I keep telling people in our industry, and I'm begging them, stop making this mistake. Stop pretending that a guy, Jack Easterby, because he's a fucking whatever, president, executive of the Houston Texans, that doesn't mean he's any good. He got there, sure. But stay, he's not staying there. He's going to get fired. He's not good at it. He doesn't deserve the job. And that we're, as, if we're going to be nepotism everywhere and nepotistic, we're hiring the sons of this guy, sons of this guy who did it before, and the, the friend of this guy who did it before, and all that, we're, we're just cycling garbage. And yeah, it's recycling. It. That's why so there's 300 that that. podcasts out yep. there, and they're, they're all of them still think they stay. Yeah, none, 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 none of them is doing any numbers. I was on a call yeah. recently with somebody, and I'm talking about it's a very popular show. Yeah. And the, 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 dude, the, the dude that's in charge of it was like, yo, this shit is terrible. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? He was like, yeah. this shit is terrible. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He was like, I just, this is just not, this is not the, this, we're fooling people right now with this, with this product right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, you look at it and you're like, okay, so are you not going to try to get better? But I think this is going to be an interesting year right here because you got some kids now that are coming. I call them kids because I right. talk to them and stuff like that. I know. They, Adults, whatever, but I don't care. <laughs> they, ain't, they ain't sleep on them studio floors, Jeff. Fuck out of right, here. <laughs> I know, right? They're, 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 they've all got their lofts and shit. They're like, oh. yeah, they ain't hating they fucking bad. You know what no, I'm saying? I'm so, um, uh, the kid Troy King, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He just went, oh. uh, he's going to be working with football guys, which mm-hmm. I never knew football guys to hire people. You know what I'm saying? It's been right. I didn't know Joe Bryant was a real person. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I just see the newsletter in the morning and then I'm like, I've never seen this man at the FSTA or nothing. You know what I'm saying? And then you, so you got that kid, Troy King and you got Lawrence Jackson and um, Nick Birdsong and you know, so you do got some cats that's starting to come up now, but now it's time to see if they start to get these independent opportunities. I don't expect ESPN to hire them. even though Matthew Berry should, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? 
He should yeah. do something besides talk. But um, you know, I've gotten emails from Matthew Barry. I'm like, yo, son, cut the check. You know what I'm saying? Because right. I can go, I'll go up to Bristol. They like me at Bristol. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, so you see, you see stuff like that. But now, like these independent companies, I want to see these kids start getting on with some of these independent companies this year because I think like now is the time because there's some dudes out there that's coming up now that's they've worked at it and they, their talent is starting. To, I'm like, oh wait a minute. We're starting to see some new cats come up now, and I'm I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's a, it's a good sign. You know, just got to get them featured, got to give them an opportunity, and that's yep. the thing is it's about the opportunity. 100%. What everybody does with it, you just don't know, right? You don't know mm-hmm. what they're going to do with their. You got to get the opportunity and then make the most of it. And I think a lot of people that do get that, people confuse opportunity with accomplishment. Like, oh, I, I'm here now. No, now, uh-uh. I get a new job or I got a promotion or whatever. And then I made it. No, you have made shit. This no, is, uh, you got a this chance. This is your audition. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, made you got it. a chance I, now. And that, yeah. that's a really important way of thinking. Now you, you went back to the uh, uh, 2020 and all the summer and all that. So let's talk about black lives matter a little bit mm-hmm. here because uh, very controversial topic. You know, you, you've got people saying, uh, you know, pro BLM that's in their Twitter header and all that, that's kind of stuff. You got people that are anti against, so you got a lot of people that are threatened by it, uh, mm-hmm. and all that. And I think you have a very unique perspective on the black lives matter movement. Yeah, I am. So I, to me, it's, it's two different things, right? So I look at it as, as a movement and as an organization, as a movement, it's like, okay, well, yeah, the black lives matter. All right, cool. I'm with that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I tell you a story. This is like that. You know how these years go, these election years where all of this shit happens, right? You know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. So uh, one of these situations was going on. I was, let me wrong. I was pissed off at my at my situation at Sirius XM. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Because I kind of had the microphone stripped from me. You know what I mean? And in a situation where I kind of was egged on to do it, whatever. Somebody took it the wrong way. Cancel culture. You know what I'm saying? Somebody took it the wrong way, and of course. You know, the people at Sirius XM, they look at it as an opportunity to drop the hammer on me. Mm. Right. Now, they lied through their teeth the whole time. You know what I'm mm. saying? One particular person. Right. So, so when that ended up happening, whatever. So I just sat in there. I came in there, did my job and I was looking, you know what I'm saying? Because I knew it was coming to an end soon. You know what I'm saying? I knew it was going to be close. Right. So one particular night, it's like a Friday night. This is like when like they had the back to black killings. You know what I'm saying? The police yeah. shootings and stuff like that. So I'm, you know, I'm about to go to the Bronx to chill out for a little bit, whatever. So I get, you know, this, we wasn't even doing Ubers at this time. We was just doing gypsy cabs. You can go to gypsy cab, go uptown, go down the hill, come into the Bronx. I'm about to go get a crack and have a good time. You know what I'm saying? So I'm getting ready to get out the car and police pull me over. It's the, 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 the oh. police come up on the back of the, of the, of the, of the, of the gypsy cab, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one cop goes to talk to the driver. The other, cop, the other cop's by the back seat where I'm at, right? So he said, I, I picked him up up the hill. You know what I'm saying? So, up, you know, up the hill is Sugar Hill. Like I grew up in, on Sugar Hill, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Which is where crack came from. Like Ronald Reagan brought the crack. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> right across the street. And I'm like, yo, daddy, Ronald Reagan dropped no crack across the street. Uh-huh. Like, That's, so then, so I grew up in like where crack started at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you ever seen the movie Sugar Hill, paid in full, all of that? Oh, That's yeah. the neighborhood that I'm from. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. So. Once you tell somebody you come from up the hill, they're like, okay, this is a drug. This is a dope dealer. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the dude, the cops tell me to get out the car. They tell me to sit on the floor. This is like, this year room. you're talking. No, it's not this year. This is oh. this is oh, the last okay. election joint. So it's like 2020. 
I was still working at Sirius XM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So okay. Like 2020, 2016, some shit like that. 2016, something like that. Yeah. Maybe something like, yeah, this year was still. Yeah, 2016, what? 2012, somewhere around there. What year is this? <laughs> it feels like it's 1947, but it's yeah, exactly. 2021. Unfortunately. Yeah, so it's 2016, right? Yeah. So we get out, you know, we get out the um, get out the vehicle, whatever, and you know, what I'm saying answering questions and tell me to sit on the floor, ask me if I got a gun, ask me if I got a pistol. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, he's like, you I'm right? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, whatever. Yeah. So I give him my ID. He's looking at my ID and he's like, fantasy executive. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. The fantasy executive. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Yo, start chopping it up, right? Yeah. So then he asked me, why aren't you on air anymore? Oh man. Mm -hmm. wow. Just like that. Wow. Like this was a listener, listener. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So he knew the whole thing. They, they knew the whole the whole bit. You know what I'm saying? So I told him what happened. Whatever. That's what ended up getting me in trouble. You know what I'm saying? So. They use that to deplatform me. They kind of take me down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I knew I had to get out of that joint. You know what I'm saying, Jeff? Because I wasn't just going to be there push, pushing buttons for them people. You know what I'm saying? And then the people that I was producing, I was better than them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. you know, and this, I mean, one of them was real boring. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, I <know>. Yeah. I <laughs> he said he still is. <laughs> so. Uh, um, that's when like kind of the movement first started and I kind of was like, okay, I, I can see this, but now when it's become is bullshit. See, cause now it's like, first of all, when you, you go to the website, you read the mission statement, there's like, we want to shake up and dis and disrupt the Western nuclear family structure. The Western nuclear family structure is how you create success. Right. That's where success comes from. You know what I'm saying? So if you're trying to shake that up, you're really not trying to do the justice and, and do good for the people. So, yeah, you have good ideas. It's a good slogan. It's catchy, but it's not really trying to do the good for the people. It's, it's really something else. It's, 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 you know, disguise. And then when you get these corporations behind it, like, the, like, do you think Adam Silver wanted to put that on the court? Nah, but yeah, the people that pay for them to go to Disney was like, right. you're going to put it on the court. Right. Because we can't do it if you let, unless you don't do this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when it became like corporate activism, that BLM shit is corporate activism, in my opinion. Ah. And, I, and, I, and I'm not with corporate activism because, you know, I know people that, you know what I'm saying, that's been like, I might, you know, I come from like, my parents come from the South. Like, you know, when like the bus, you know, the, the bus boycott, like my grandma used to walk to work. So I'm like, this is real life shit. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, this is not no... Oh, Pepsi, Black Lives Matter. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no shit. Well, I mean, that's the thing, man. Is it because the corporate activism, I think that's that's a tremendous point to make is that they don't I, I, I'm not interested in words like exactly. I, people can say anything like where is why stop you know they they also want to throw money at it which i by the way i grew up poor as fuck but now i'm pretty well off myself these days and i i've mm -hmm. realized how fucking easy it is to throw money at a problem like it's Dang, as easy bingo. to dump money because there's nothing to it it's like ah well, it's just it's like fucking picking lint off your jeans like they don't care and that's what i feel with like like you're saying these corporate things we you could affect change by acting by doing stuff you don't have to announce that you're doing it do it. Just fucking, yep. you know, NFL or the sports. Hire the right people. Do right job searches. You don't need to. You don't need to announce there's a Rooney Rule. Just do it. Just shut yeah. the fuck up. Do it. Like stop talking about it. There's a real problem 
with you know who was like the biggest charity in in New York City, the New York Yankees, and you never hear a word about it. Right. Sometimes when you, when you do stuff for somebody and you tell people, you're really doing it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or, a, or nowadays, everybody wants to announce. Like yeah. Every, uh -huh. Everything's about what can I put on social media to make. Yep me appear to be a better person i'm the big guy yeah i'm yeah. the big man i'm the big gal you know look what I'm at saying? me this is what i've done i did this and all oh, this means something to me putting on social media don't mean shit either no like mm -mm. it really doesn't so like what happens with the black lives matter movement is you know the anti that i don't know about you but during uh last year you know last summer we're putting out um all this the stuff is happening you know we're trying to sell some fantasy football product over at fantasy guru and elite fantasy and we're trying to go through it and man we're putting out your promotions and people are responding to it i will not support this because the activist organization blm i thought all lives matter and i'm like holy shit i actually came to you during that i've actually went and i want to there's a lot of people that's why i give Corey tons of credit is like i asked a lot of people to talk about race and racism over last year with me no one's doing it no one will yeah. do it everyone wants to fuck out white people african-americans you know any minority everyone's like no i ain't with it women they don't want to talk nobody wants to spoil you know a, a perceived opportunity and i'm it has really disheartened me a lot uh, that's why I appreciate you coming on and doing this yep. talk about this stuff. But I, I, it's important because I see the reaction. Like I thought, all lives matter. All lives matter. Don't all lives matter? And that's that's a thing. Like, how do you respond to that? Because you're not all into the corporate side of the BLM movement. When people come at you and say, "Don't all lives matter?" Like, what is what to is me? That it's, it's like it's. I, I, it's dude, honestly, Jeff is like, I, okay, yeah, sure they do. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You you know what the problem is. So you know what I'm saying. Right. My my thing is this. Is what I've learned, especially from this situation that I have with one of these media companies in particular, you know what I'm saying? Anybody gonna give you shit. You got to take it. Mm -hmm. You got to stand on your own two feet. You got to sit on your own bottom. You know what I'm saying? And you just got to get out there and go for it. You know what I mean? But I'm using every single, every single time when somebody approaches on the 37th floor and say, yo, can I bring, and they say, no, do you do understand that you're not going to be there forever? Right. You know, number one and number two, you don't know. You don't have control over everything over there. And when I come, I'm coming to take the joint down. So I just use that to fuel the fire. And that's why I tell people now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, all lives matter. That shit don't really make a difference because when it's all boiled down and said and done, you just got to get after your money. Let me tell you something. That's the only way to change your situation for you and your family. And you got to ignore a lot of this stuff because a lot of this stuff is, is really foolishness and try to get out of these conversations because what they do is they drag you down these rabbit holes. And then if somebody like me, if I get too passionate about it, then it's going to stick with me for the rest of my life because it's going to be another, another way to say, okay, well, we can't trust Corey. It's so, man, it's so good. You're so right. It, I, I've talked about the almost, I think the listeners are probably pissed. Like I talk about some similar things every single episode. And one of the things is no, don't let anybody control you. Don't yep. I, like all these people that like, I, you know, especially in our political landscape, like all these guys, like I'm loyal this way. I'm loyal that way. Shut the fuck up. Be loyal to yourself. Like, mm -hmm. what about you? You matter. You're not, don't, you know, if people just want to like fall for your yeah. say, declare if I'm on one side and once they declare that, then they just are, 
they have to go along with whatever. Think independently and do what's best for you because those sides, both sides, none of them have what your best intentions at heart. I tell you guys that guarantee. So let me tell you, like the things that, the, the thing that really pissed me off the most with the fantasy industry this past year. Mm. And, you know, you know, I've seen a lot of the tweets. Oh, I need to. So it was a couple cats that would tweet, oh, we need to start as a fantasy entry. We need to start doing this. We need to start doing that. We need to start doing this and start doing that. Yeah. I, so I'll hop in a DM. You hiring? Oh, no, 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 no. Right now, right now. Hey, yeah. I don't want yeah. <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. No. Self-serving is bullshit. I don't want to hear it. It's, you, you're not if you're not if you're not if you're not cutting nobody a check or giving nobody an opportunity, save the small talk. Talk that shit to your wife. Don't put that going shit on sit on social media. Cause if I see it, I'm gonna come after you. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna come Call right in the inbox that. and yeah. I'm gonna make you take that shit down. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that was number one. And then the the, the fantasy pros thing. Oh my lord! With the the, the yes. kid, with the, yeah. with the with the kid that sent yep. you know that was you know it was first of all if you if you're going to send some crazy text messages like mm-hmm. don't have don't send it to a girl with a rainbow and pronouns <laughs> in, in her <laughs> damn bio oh, no. you know what I'm saying yeah, like yeah. that's that's the one that's going to tell on you son sure you know what I'm saying yeah. but then okay so he was horny dude yeah. he made a mistake you would have thought. That he was Lee Harvey Oswald, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, what's yep. the, 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 the dude gets on? He's I woke up this morning to some horrible news. I would never think. Shut the fuck up, son. Right. We all know what you did. You're, we all know yeah. what you're doing. You're trying to get some. Like that's we, we know that. You know, fucking terrible. Like, don't, dude. Why do you, you don't have to like go at it that way? Like, you will. Yeah. You will submit to me. Like, oh yeah. shit, that's some yeah. shit. But you know, <laughs> whatever you're gonna do, fine. But yeah, the the, the fake outrage is what you're talking about. Yeah, Everyone the fake. Has to out- first of all, he's that kid is retarded. I mean, excuse me, stupid. You know, yeah. I can't say yeah. that. Sorry, know, but no. it's the fake. On this podcast, you say whatever fuck you want. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know that. I yeah. see it on the radio, and they be like, oh, well, oh, I told you. Oh, yeah, um, <laughs> so. Yeah, but the fake outrage after it, Jeff, I was shocked. Well, dude, I was that's shocked. They was just, like, "Yo, the, the the dude that was his co-host, the one that made the sent the text message, sent the DM, his co-host yeah. was like, I was was he did a video? I thought he was going to cry, right. Jeff. He almost did. Yeah, I know him very well. Oh, yeah. that's your man. Yeah, that's, that's right. my guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know them very well. Not yeah, the guy who did the video. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good guy, you know, and that, but that's the thing is like, I, it, I'm sorry, but you know, Ted Schuster's my my boy and everything else, and we grew up together on that. If Ted fucks up, does some that, yeah, listen, he fucks yeah. up. That's not me. Yeah. I'm not gonna take that bullet if he goes out and does something really fucking horrible. And yeah, then fine. I don't. But it's also like it, it. Everybody wants the desire now, Corey's. Everybody wants to be a victim. Yeah, and exactly. that that's part. I'm of a hero. Problem. I'm not. I'm not a victim. I'm a hero. Well, eat one or the other. Either they're yep. a victim and then they need all the attention to be a victim or they need yep. to be a hero that saves, you know, somebody from something. It, it drives me fucking crazy. The other thing, you know, in bringing this back to the, the racism kind of thing is that is this. Here's my take on it and see what you think of this. I, I don't know. I don't want anything to do. Like the way I've lived my life, I don't want anything to do with my forefathers. No, mm-hmm. no offense to them, but I don't, I don't, I don't know what they were doing. I don't know why they did what they did, 
I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to be, you know, I, I don't want anything to do with what they did in fucking, you know, whether 17, 1800s, 1900s, 1960, 1982. I don't want it. Like, I, 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 it's not me. It's not who I am. It's not who I was raised. Not even how my, in my family, I have no fucking clue about my grandparents. They were dead yeah. before I got here. My, you know, my parents were never treated people in that, in these ways. I don't, I don't want to be fucking talked to like I am or because yeah. something happened. Some people of my ethnicity were fucking monsters that, you know, you have to be bad. It's like, it's like all German people have to pay for Hitler and all, you know, it, it, that's the thing is I, I look at it like this, like we are all on this earth now and we can make it best for everybody. Now we have the fucking power to do it now. Exactly. Well, the, well, the constitution says, well, fuck the constitution. You know, what's right. You know, what's wrong is it, it's not that hard. Nah, like it's, it's crazy. Yo, Jeff, it's it's like what you're saying is correct. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it should be not nobody making you feel bad for, you know, you don't necessarily or me doing the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or for minds either. And so, you know, it's like, oh, we got to bring in critical race theory. I'm like, I'm not sitting in this shit either. No, <laughs> Come out. Let's go, Jeff. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Diversity yo, training is, crazy, is some yo. of the worst thing I've ever sat through. It makes it worse. It's not. Yeah, it really does. It, it It's just as much. <laughs> It's fucking ridiculous. You watch a video, some stupid video that everybody in the room is like, we are all now dumber for having watched it. Like every one of us, you know, right from wrong. You know, when you're letting somebody shop in your store, I have a story I have. The only modern thing about 10 years ago, I was still living in Illinois. And there was a situation where I was at a deli counter. I was at a a grocery store and uh, as a deli counter, and I don't know, I like, I was like five numbers away or whatever, you know how they pull the ticket. Mm-hmm. And this lady, a, a Spanish lady was there and she didn't speak English, it seemed like, and she was trying to order something. The guy at the deli counter straight up, nah, and waved her off, like next, next. Crazy. And people would, and like, like three or four people went ahead of her. And I'm sitting there like, wait, is this, what the fuck, what exactly is fucking happening right now? Yeah. And this point, an old lady, really like a much older lady, like, oh my God, is he just ignoring her? You know, what the fuck is going on? And so, you know, but that, again, that's, I'm 43 years old. This is the first time I've, I had seen something like that since, you know, I was about five or six years old with my, uh, my buddy, Michael, who in the, the candy shop back in the day, like that, this doesn't happen every day for every one of those guys. Yeah. We need to do something. We need to jump in. I'll say I did do something. I made quite a scene at that place. I grew up yeah, to the nice. point that you know I, I never, wa- I never once went back there. I couldn't never step back. And it's a big chain place too. It's not probably, it was not the yeah. chain's fault. I was but. in the shy for, uh, for all-star weekend last year. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we was in, what's the, what's the, um, the sandwich joint, you know what I'm saying? The cheese whiz and all of that. Of course, oh, you're from, uh, uh, from Hall Rock Cafe. The Mr. Beef. Uh, y'all have a hard ride cafe downtown, right? Yeah, there's. I think it's still down there. Yeah, I don't know, it's, been there's been a while since you've been. Yes, oh, yeah. I live, Corey. I live place where it's 100 degrees right now. Damn <laughs> <laughs> right, baby. It might be Mr. B's or something. Not, it's not Primani Brothers. That's Pittsburgh. Yeah, but yeah. um, whatever. I can't think of the name of the joint. You know, this is good. Portillo's. Good. Portillo's. Yes, Portillo's. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the joint. I love that place. Yeah. So we in Portillo's, right? Whatever. 
And you know what I'm saying? You just getting the catching the vibe and stuff like that. And everybody was chill. You know what I mean? Weekend like that, everybody's chill. Like, why can't it be like that all the time? Nobody, everybody around the town. You know what I'm saying? The cops was in there chilling with people. You know what I mean? I remember the little girl, little gal at the uh, at the counter, right? You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yo, what's up? Where are you from? She's like, I'm from O Block. And I'm like, oh, O-Block sound like it's rough. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not coming to O-Block. You know, you know what's happened to me? What's in that? the gentlemen's, in the shies. Um, you know, not to get off topic. Do it. I got patted down three times. Very aggressive pat downs in Chicago, really? Jeff. Y'all are very aggressive pat downs. Um, I got patted down three times in like 15 steps. Like, I'm like, son, there's no, <laughs> what? no way that you, you, you just saw me get pat down right there. I walk like three steps. Nobody handed me a gun. You know what I'm saying? And these are very aggressive. Are, are you sure you weren't going to the Source Awards or something? Like <laughs> now nah, this is this is oh this is way Boston. out. This is this is gentlemen's. It's three o'clock in the morning. It was brick ass cold. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah, wow. I don't know what the name of the place was, but it got patted down three times in in the matter of in the matter of 25 seconds. Very aggressive. They touched my sack. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Like, what the fuck? The fingers. Now nah, let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have known when they spit on their fist before they go to town. Then you know something bad's about. <laughs> like, what's going on here? <laughs> oh, shit, these guys are mean. Business Do I have to tip here. him? <laughs> <laughs> I should have brought a second pair of underwear. I didn't know. Oh man. Well, that, that's wild, man. I don't, I don't get that, but yeah, it, it's just like it, we all. I always say the be cool method. Like we all know generally the way to treat each other. We all, we all know right and wrong. We, we, these are just inherent facts. And I talk about all the time, like my kids, you know, 18, 16 and 10, they don't have any concept. Like they, have, when yeah. I talk about any of this stuff or they hear, they're like, what, what, what happened? They don't understand like that. Anybody would, you know, they have friends of all races and I mean, yeah. all things that, that it's not even a thing in their, in their mind. So then they hear it during the political stuff and they see the BLM. They're like, what is, what is what happening? These cops are mean to black people. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, and I, I don't mean to, you know, my kids are uppity or whatever, but it is how they, you know, were raised the area yeah. we were raised where you just don't treat people in these it's, ways, or at least you that's hope so not. Funny. I remember, I never forget the time, you know, my son, you know, he's 19 now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I remember he had to be three, four, maybe not, probably not three. He probably was like five, six years old. I'm at Sirius XM, right? Yeah. He was there with me like the whole day, whatever. So, um, you know, Grant, Grant Paulson, whatever. Oh yeah. He was, uh, he, I trust Grant. That's my guy. So Grant was had to go someplace over in that neighborhood. So I'm like, yo, can you drop him off? over his grandmother's house, you know what I'm saying? I gave him the address, whatever. Yeah. You know, she'll be outside to wait for him. You know what I'm saying? Grant's mad cool, that's my guy. Yeah. So Grant comes back, he was rolling, laughing, son. So he said, yeah. so yo, we in the car, we riding, whatever, whatever. So he said, I come to a stoplight and it's a police car across the street. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. So my five-year-old son's in the back seat. He goes, my, he said, my son says, hey, 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 hey. He's like, he said, he turned around. He's like, yo, what's up? My son's like, it's the police over there. <laughs> like, Cops is over there, my man. You better look out for that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but now my daughter, like, mind you, my daughter is 10. Mm -hmm. So it's like in the in like, you know, so you take like nine years, a nine-year time frame. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She knows about the police and stuff like that too, but she's on the joint playing Roblox. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Yep. And they got somebody hacked the joint. 
and was like, say Black Lives Matter, say Black Lives Matter, say Black Lives Matter. And she like, yo, we just playing the game. What the fuck are yeah, you talking right. about? Right, right, right. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what you think it's going to, to me, right, everyone wants to solve everything. And I'm all about progressive being, mm-hmm. you know, we need to get, we need to be better. I talk about like the forefathers and shit. Like I fucking hate we talk, we still talk about slavery and all that stuff. Not because yeah. we're not sensitive to what happened. It's just that, dude, this is 150 years ago at this point. Like, we need to move on. And I'm not, you know, nobody's alive that was enslaved at this point. No. Right. Now, we have other problems. We have people that were brought up in the 40s, 50s, 60s. We have to deal with some of that. We have to deal with those problems. We have to deal with the problems of our kids. We have to move forward. Do you, I feel like time is going to, help this topic as long as we're all doing the right it, things. It, it, I think so too, but the method. problem is it's too much, it's too much money in it. It's too much money in it. In, in what part? It's too, you mean the it's activism? Too much money, it's too much money in, in activism and racism. It's too much money in it. Yeah. It's too much it's too money. Much you political saw that capital. Yeah, it's, it's you're right. It's too much, and it's too much political capital in it. It's a business. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you got race hustlers out there and, and, and they're in the business of getting paid off, creating controversy around this stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, as long as these people are out there, we have to deal with it. The, the thing about it is the public is going to have to get smarter, but it's a lot of people that's very easily to be manipulated and, and fall for that shit. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a good point. Cause that, that's another thing, the race baiting and stuff like that's, that's another thing. I, I've been accused of that a lot because yeah, I'll go on and talk about, you know, whatever topic it, it, uh, is of the day. And some like I've talked about the NFL hiring policy, cause that's something I just can't, get over and people are like oh you're yeah. a race bait i'm like no i'm not, no not. that's not really race baiting right there that's i'm not baiting anything yeah. i'm just saying what's happening i yeah. love you know it, it's it'd be great i'm not trying to bait it but then there are those that go on and they're just start like you're saying they make money they must make yeah, money exactly like when jamel hill tweets the combine reminds me of slavery yeah like, yeah shorty relax yeah, you, you weren't alive in slavery. How do you know? Like, that's, <laughs> come on, come on. Really? Like, like, how do you know, know what I mean? Show? Like, that's yeah. the thing. And I, I think that's another problem is that you turn everything into it. And I, I feel, if you feel like people, uh, African-Americans, specifically black guys and, and gals, they use it as a crutch to a certain degree. Some people do. They don't know how to get out of that victimhood. Yeah. But like, nobody is nobody around me like that. Nobody around me right. is going to be like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I tell my kids, oh, you're not a victim. You know what I'm saying? You're not. Don't even. I don't want to hear that shit. We don't even we don't play that game. So on this end, I'm doing my part. At When you when you pretend to be when you when you like succumb to victimhood, it makes you weak. Yes, it, it, dude, it does. And for me and my family that and I've talked down, luckily, none of them listen to this podcast is that my whole family, I, I'm the youngest of five, my brother, two brothers, two sisters, and even my parents, it was always like, it was always poor versus rich. Like yeah. it was South versus North side. That's the way I live. That was my opponent was the North side. Like yeah. That was the rich people were always fucked. And in my family it was always, we had bad luck, bad. Oh man. The man's all oh, bad luck, bad luck. Everything was bad luck. And I'm like, that's not bad luck. You guys yeah. are just defeated before you even started Try. Yep. Mm-hmm. all of it. And my brothers and sisters to this day, love them dearly, but the, all four of them are just always saying, oh, I can't do this because I oh, can't do that. It's a bull fucking shit. You can't. Yeah. You can achieve things. You can you know, work for it. Do, do Try harder. You, bad luck happens to all kinds of people. It's not just you. You could, you, you know, do, it's not bad luck that your fucking car broke down. No, you it happens. Car break down, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
not going to drive another car? Like, what the Get fuck? an oil change before 70 million miles. You no know what I'm shit. saying? Like, hey, check engine lights on. Don't put tape over the goddamn thing. Yeah, like, no doubt. Really? But that's the thing. That's a crutch. People, the victimhood is really like that. People will find whatever their crutch is and say, well, I can't do this because blank. Yeah. And that's now, like, I'm going to keep trying until eventually somebody's going to be like, oh, somebody's going to have to die. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> they have to get fired or die. You know what I'm saying? Or retire, whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I will be there. So I'm not tripping off of that. But I tell you what, Jeff, Um, I tell you a funny one. You know, the, the, the Indianapolis trip, I tell the story of the Indianapolis trip. Oh, yes. It's one of the wildest trips in Love the it. history of trips. You know I've what I'm saying? I've never talked about that in this podcast yet. Yo, Jeff. Yo. Centerville, <laughs> so, Indiana. Google Centerville, it. Indiana. Find it, folks. You'll never ever. believe this. So thank God we did have one night in Indianapolis. Shout out to Naptown. Yeah. You know True. what I'm saying? We enjoyed ourselves in Naptown, Don Shulers, and had sure. a couple beers. And of, of course, always nothing but love and respect for the guru, John Hanson. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah, man. Yep. John Hanson was doing shit that motherfuckers is doing now. Yep. Back then, you know Years what I mean? Yeah. So if we get out to Centerville, Indiana, right? So as soon as I get out the car, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh. Yo, Jeff, I had, I had to go to the bathroom, son. Oh. I came in the house. Yo, the dog stood up and looked at me like, what the fuck? Oh. <laughs> like, wait, in the house, y'all? <laughs> Do you remember what I said when you went in? <laughs> what did you say? No, oh, no, you came back out. Do you remember this? I, I, <laughs> what did you I'll say? Never, he goes into the, he goes, uh, yeah, Corey is going to house. Goes in this house. Little house. Guys, we're talking middle of nowhere. I mean, middle of nowhere. Great guys and all that. Great little thing. But middle of nowhere. Corey comes out. <laughs> the, the guy uh, whose house it was, I go, I, I forgot. I said something like, you want to pat him down? <laughs> something like that. And the place just erupted. That was like. Yo, it was, yo, but when I went to use the bathroom, yo, the dog was sitting by the door. The dog stood up and looked at me like, yo, are you serious? Yo, man. Like, yo, what's going on? <laughs> I went dog. to the bathroom. The dog came and sat by the bathroom door, Jeff. And then I, the dog escorted me out the house. You He's know like, what I'm saying? And then, they, then that's not even the wildest part. And then on the way to the airport, we drive through oh. a, a fucking tornado. <laughs> that was the craziest shit ever. You guys got on your flights right before it hit. I got evacuated. Yep. I don't know if I uh -huh. even told you that. I got evacuated. I was in the, the Indianapolis the airport. Right? Yep. I had to go into the staircase and they're looking at me. I'm like, oh, fuck my life. I was so fucking pissed off. At that point, I was just like, yeah, this is, it's just over. I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm gone. I'm a goner here. That's the way I felt. It was <laughs> like, uh, let's just get back. Dude, well, yeah, the tornado then, was we, in the background and everything. It was, it was. And then me and John, we fly. So we get on that plane. We fly from Indianapolis to Philadelphia. So once John gets to Philadelphia, you know, he got a couple of minutes to go to go to his mansion. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But then I had to come. I had to go. I had to fly to Newark. So I'm flying from Philadelphia to Newark, which is like a two hour bus drive. You know what I'm saying? Like literally like you can Hop you skip, might, you know, yeah. that's not a real. That's a you just hop, you know, well, let me go hop on the train. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But we go. So we get to the gate, whatever. So you know how you go down the ramp or whatever to get on the plane? There was no ramp. We went outside. Oh, shit. It was one of those little air, the propeller airplanes, yo. Oh. I've never been so scared in my life, Jeff. Like, we was, like, literally flying down the Jersey Turnpike. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. So when that shit landed, I was like, yo, I'm never, 
never getting in the airplane again, yo. There I have been much time since then, but that was wild. That trip was wild, yo. There was another time when we were, went to the airport after we escaped a tornado and the fucking things coming down. We were going into the building, and I remember, like, he stopped to have a smoke and, you know, whatever. There was, like, three cop cars there. And me and Corey were like, oh, shit, all right, we better back up. And John Hanson's like, nah, fuck this. I'm going right up. John Hanson's just like, fuck it. No, I, I go right. I'll blow smoke in their face. I don't care. Damn thing. You and I are looking at each other like, holy shit. Oh, shit. You know what You're I'm saying? Gangster. He's a gangster. John Hanson. He's getting high on the plane. Don't give him <laughs> He didn't give a single fuck in the world. On the plane. On the plane. On he, the had the plane. Vape. he had the vape back vape. in the day. He had the oil Baby joint back in the day. Way yeah. before it was mainstream, uh, way ahead of his time. I mean, if yeah, yeah he's, why, he's the guru. Why not? You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that was a great. That, yeah, he wouldn't want to get out of the car. I remember that having to talk him out. Like he's like, this is this is a mess because the setup. <laughs> Yo, was he just... didn't. He didn't. He did not like that trip. <laughs> no. I remember Matt Deutsch called me like, "Is John okay?" Yeah, like, not really, but that's your yeah. problem. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like Jeff was willing to do it, and, he, and I remember sitting in the car like, ah, you know, it's not gonna be that bad. They got iced tea. I think they got anything we like oh man that was uh yeah those were some good times that's for sure man that's those were the good ones there we had yep. a lot of great times on i that. think it'll be more coming up jeff i really do i can't wait so how real quick before we wrap this up Corey, man i appreciate you working overtime here today and uh, and talking about the stuff but like coming out of this the coronavirus and the lockdown all this shit how are you holding up personally what's it been like for you and you know, what's next for Corey Parson? Well, we we've been doing good right now. Obviously, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to everybody at Sports Illustrated. You know what I'm saying? We were very fortunate to continue to draw paychecks throughout the pandemic, even with no sports on. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah, obviously sports betting is becoming big stuff right now. But um definitely shout out, you know what I'm saying, to Scott Atkins and Ian Richie and um, you know, where they was able to hell that down and make sure that everybody continues to stay working and stuff like that. So Listen, just, you know, my thing right now is get these kids back in school. That's big to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To get them back in the classroom. That's very important. Please. So I hope that happens as soon as possible. And and then, you know, I'll have a couple of changes coming up in the next 48 to 72 hours. I'll be at the Fantasy Exec on Twitter and I can make my announcement. You know what oh, I'm saying? Like everybody else. And yeah, then hopefully the next step, you know what I'm saying, leads to people seeing a little bit more of the Fantasy Executive doing some of the stuff that I like to do. So, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully... I'll be someplace close to you sometime soon and we'll be having a good time and chopping it up again. You know what I mean? Yeah, we always do the great Corey Parson, as he said, at the fantasy exec E X E C on Twitter, fantasy exec, fantasy executive Corey. Parsons. <laughs> uh, he is responsible for Jeff Mans. I made Jeff Mans. I made Tommy G. You name him. I made him. <laughs> I don't know if you want to keep the Tommy. <laughs> you you might want to give that one up at this point. You'll be off Twitter before you know. I know, it. right? Wow. <laughs> See, that's been fucking wild. But yeah, that's a story for another time. I'm no sure doubt. Uh, we'll get to that. All right, Corey Parson. Great stuff as always, my man. Appreciate you, Todd to me you always got a home here brother anytime uh, you want to join us we'd uh, love to have you my man no doubt jeff thank you appreciate you guys no doubt
We'll do it. All right, guys, that wraps up episode 54 in the books. Appreciate my guest, Corey Parson at the Fantasy Exec. Remember, big announcement coming soon. Make sure you follow him immediately. Get on that, everybody. If you've got questions, if you want to follow up with any of the topics Corey and I talked about today, please do so at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter at the Fantasy Exec on Twitter right there as well. Episode 54 in the books. Folks, as always, you remember, you may disagree with something or everything that we said on this podcast. It's okay, because this was one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Peace, man.